0: Hey, what up, Sarmacist fam? It's your boy Dan. Today we're coming at you with episode 96 of the Sarmacist podcast. We spoke to Cat Day. She's president and one of the co-founders of a company called Attitude. Um, and you know, I want to drop a link in the description to give you guys 25% off, uh, 25 off, 25 dollars off their product um, if you're in the market for, or you want to just try out new bedding and uh, pillowcases. And um, you know, by bedding I mean sheets, pillowcases, blankets. Uh, things along those lines um, it'll be in the link description right there and uh, yeah today we just spoke a lot about um, sustainability and how creating a sustainable company is good not only for the environment but you know for consumers and you know in general there's nothing wrong with uh, creating a sustainable company um, I also found out that textiles are like the number two pollute, polluter in uh, Polluting manufacturer, and you know they cause a lot of um, you know damage to the environment. And by textiles, that means just uh, I'm thinking clothes, or you know a lot of items people wear. Um, you know anything that's like in the fabric space. So there's that. Uh, and yeah, enjoy the show. Hope you guys have been well. Um, DM us if you have uh, you know any new ideas for us to explore, or just you know want to say hi. Uh, Yeah, if you want to buy some merch, let us know. Uh, We got some cool hoodies that say uh, employee, but we crossed it out. And entrepreneur on the bottom. uh, I think it's just uh, indicative of, like, you know, startup mindsets, right? Like, you have that startup mindset, so you don't really like uh, being an employee and, you know, working for somebody else. You kind of have your own ideas that you want to find out how good they are. And so it's all about just taking that first step, which is starting and um, going on that journey and, you know, figuring out what you love. Uh, negative wisdom today that I remember was, um, this guy I interviewed, his name was Ramy Assad. he said something like, uh, he quoted Van Gogh, and he said something like, uh, inspiration has to find you working, right? Like, you know, you can't just feel inspired if you're laying down on a bed, or if you're, uh, you know, just on the internet doing random shit, you gotta be working, you gotta be do- honing on your craft, and yeah, this is that, so check out this episode, and... See you guys later. Happy Friday! Start Mindset's podcast today. We're talking to Cat Day. She is the president and one of the co-founders of Attitude, which is also founded by Phoebe U. And this brand is uh, in the sustainability space. They do a lot of um, great things for the planet, and you know, also yourself. Uh, I think um, I'm, I might have to get my mother uh, an Attitude sheet or something like that. I got to look into the products and learn about them more today. But Cat, it's a, a pleasure to have you here today, and I'm just glad to be able to learn about. company and yourself at this time
1: awesome thanks for having me excited to be here
0: yeah well i think you know it'd be just you know great to add a little bit more color into what this attitude is, is you know it's a mystery right now but i'm sure we'll unpack you know where it came from how you guys created it i know uh it has to do a lot with bamboo but just um how do you how do you guys tell you tell me a little bit about how this came to be
1: yeah, of course. So, Attitude, which stands for eco-attitude, to help uh-huh. you remember what the hell is Attitude. Uh, so, we are next-gen material innovation company, and we also have a sustainable lifestyle brand. So, we actually started with a technology that we call Clean Bamboo. It's the way of using bamboo, which is the world's fastest-growing plant on Earth and one of the most sustainable materials, uh, and processing it in a clean way uh, to turn it into fabrics that are better for you and better for the planet. It all started with uh, my co-founder, actually. Uh, so Phoebe Yu is a textile expert and a textile innovator. She's been in the space for 15 years, and you know, she ran a couple of textile companies out of Asia, helping super large global companies like Walmart, Pier One, Target, Lianfeng, to source their textiles uh, from Asia primarily. And um, then she immigrated to Australia, where she realized that textiles is the number two most polluting industry in the world. Australians were a lot more vocal about climate change and sustainability in general than the US and definitely more than Asia at that time. And so she started volunteering for the biggest sustainability conference there and realized, wow, this is a big problem. And I uh, wanted to do something about it specifically in her industry, in the textile space. And um, she spent about four years in research and development to help to commercialize our amazing technology and fabric and um, started our first brand, which is Attitude, the sustainable home goods brand, which makes amazing sheets and towels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I joined the company about five years ago to help scale uh, the brand in the United States um and also now to continue to grow with our vision to disrupt this textile industry by becoming one of the leading innovating companies and making new materials that are better for you and the planet
0: yeah yeah i I really like that bamboo concept um but you know when it comes to sustainability it seems like there's this notion that these products have to be sourced like according to like PETA guidelines or something like that or like just like
1: yeah There are a number of certifying bodies uh, that help to regulate what is considered sustainable and what is not Uh uh, sustainable. So, for example, in the textile space, there is the um, Canopy Hot Button, uh, which is a report that talks about how sustainable the sourcing is. There is the FSC certification, which talks about are these forests, if you're using trees, uh, sustainably managed or not. Um, There are... um, Organizations that can certify that your product is not toxic and not harmful. So, for example, a WecoTex certification that's something that all consumers should be looking for on their bedding or textiles. Uh-huh. A WecoTex um, certification. And there's actually different classes of safety. Um, and Attitude is a class one certified, which means that it is the highest level certification. It is safe for babies. Oh. which uh, means that there's absolutely zero harmful chemicals in the growing of the raw materials, as well as in the processing of the fabric or the pulp or the fiber or at the end of the finishing cycle. Um, so everything is absolutely zero harmful chemicals for Attitude. That's why we're certified class one. There are also class two certifications, which are you know less um, less clean, but they're still pretty clean. So definitely look out for that FSC certification. And there are other certifying bodies, like in the food space, for example, you want to look for organic, like U.S. Right. USDA uh, or organic certified. So there are similar certifications for um, organic cotton or other organic um, materials.
0: Right, right. Just I think
1: GOTS certified <laughs> cotton, for example, that means it's organic.
0: Yeah. I, I got. I got to ask you because I think like the U.S. is really on a hit of uh, going on that sustainability route, or just like organic, or just na- all natural, where you know, a lot of the products, um, their physical goods, they uh they got this like extra sense of um people just like organic more. I don't know why it is, right? But it's like if you Well told they me like this,
1: it more because it's safer for you. It's safer <laughs> Yeah, you don't but, want but, any chemicals.
0: But at that time it's like you don't know that, right? Because I think like if somebody were to just go to a Safeway and then they didn't know that these the food was necessarily organic, like maybe the chicken or you know what it is? Like um what um what, what would you say is like the the other industry or other side of the textile industry that we don't know that makes these chemicals so like we hear chemicals and it's like we're not gonna you know get sick or nothing immediately right but then you, you think maybe down the line that something could happen but it's, it's really hard yeah. to tell like where these are sourced like you don't you can't believe everything you read online but like just from your end like what uh you know compare compare and contrast you know maybe the attitude um the silk sheets versus like a regular cotton sheet like what's a big uh Differentiator in terms of a, uh, you know well,
1: I would say with comfort first, and then there's a sustainability part. So from a comfort perspective, attitudes clean bamboo sheets are one thousand times better than cotton. That's from a personal experience. That's the reason I joined the company. When Phoebe sent me her sheets, I just fell in love. They were the best sheets in the world. I felt like I was sleeping on a cloud in heaven and uh, the reason (laughs) being is because they're incredibly soft like bamboo when it's turned into material it's really really soft like it's silky Mm -hmm. but unlike real silk which is not breathable at all like you're really hot and sweaty in silk
0: um, Mm -hmm.
1: our material is super breathable so it feels so natural against your skin and it keeps you at the optimal temperature versus cotton which traps heat Um, another thing that we don't love about cotton is that it, it traps moisture and grows bacteria on it versus our material uh, is moisture wicking so you're not waking up in a pool of sweat and also um, we have a charcoal infused uh, material that makes it antimicrobial which means Mm. that bacteria doesn't grow on it and that's really nice if you want to prevent you know acne or any kind of issues um, oh wow yeah on your body or if you just don't want your sheets to smell bad like, they <laughs> will not smell as bad as regular cotton sheets. So that's really, really nice. But from a sustainability perspective, cotton is one of the dirtiest crops on Earth. Mm-hmm. And most people don't even know that um, because we're not visiting cotton farms every day to see that they're sprayed with tons of pesticides, tons of chemicals, fertilizer to grow. And um, because of that, they're, you know, killing the you know the environment essentially right, right, everything right. that should be growing there they're depleting the earth that is growing on another problem is that it's the second largest user of um freshwater resources you know textiles cotton in general, but but cotton is a really thirsty crop it's a, one of the top offenders in terms of usage of water that could be used to grow our food or for other you know uses uh-huh. where we need fresh water so that is a big problem uh and it's becoming more difficult to grow cotton With all the climate change and floods, you know Pakistan and other places where you know it's it's getting really difficult to actually grow it. It's becoming more expensive.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think like one of the questions my my uh, co-host wanted me to ask was, uh, people think sustainable and environmentally friendly, uh, they think expensive. Um, for you, like you know, bamboo. I don't know, like what the the you know the, the the per unit per bamboo is to, to make the product but like how did you guys come up with bamboo though you know like could it have been something else too or is bamboo really a secret that you, you... <laughs> well
1: we love bamboo because it is a very abundant plant as well so it's really easy to grow it it can grow literally anywhere like where nothing else can grow it can grow in depleted lands which is why project drawdown actually recommends planting um, bamboo in places where nothing else can grow um, to regenerate the land, uh, so that's really helpful from that perspective. It also pulls out you know toxins from earth, you know the earth uh-huh. to make it cleaner. Um, so it's got so many benefits uh, as a raw material, which is why we love it. And Phoebe, uh, originally from China, like she's been exposed to bamboo her entire childhood, her whole like early adulthood because it's mm-hmm. so abundant there. And it's used in a lot of places, like they can make all kinds of things out of bamboo, hard floors, you know, flooring is made out of it. You can build buildings out of it, even in certain places that they do. Uh, you can, of course, make, you know, beautiful furniture and, you know, utensils and toothbrushes. Oh, right. Um, I've
0: seen those. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So and, and actually bamboo textiles have also existed for about 40 years now. Um, mm-hmm. So you probably have come across like bamboo t-shirts or bamboo socks. They're amazingly soft. Um, so that's kind of the benefit of bamboo. The only issue with the way that uh, the old technology of processing bamboo is that it uses pretty harsh chemicals to dissolve the bamboo. So bamboo itself is really hard, right? To get right. it to a very soft state, stage uh, uh-huh. you, in the past, uh, the old technology of viscose and rayon had to use, very harsh chemicals like caustic soda to dissolve the bamboo pulp. And so, Attitude has solved that problem. Instead of using this harsh chemical that can dissolve a human body in three hours, right, like right. you really don't want that, we use a non toxic organic solvent where you can put your hand in the solvent, just your bare hand, and nothing will happen to your hand. Uh, and so, we're able to extract the fiber from bamboo with this very gentle solvent and that also preserves uh all of the natural attributes of bamboo versus the previous technology which essentially just destroys all the benefits of it
0: wow yeah so i i i can only imagine like this thing came to life like over a long period of time i mean it's it's just kind of hard to hard to picture you know you, we, we 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 like have so many clothes that we wear and we don't even think like how do these come to be who made this right like we take it all for granted so just hearing about like how you guys source materials and create what uh, you guys have is really, um, it's just good to know, you know, it's like, you want to know that they were responsibly, like nobody was hurt in the process or like nobody was taken advantage of or like, the, the, it's good for the environment. Um, when, when it comes to like the the sheets, so you guys sell sheets and it, like pillowcases, I'm assuming, but what, what else do you guys, what else is in that? Um,
1: yeah. What so... kind of products you guys got? Sheets and pillowcases are our best sellers, that's for sure. And we've been doing that for you know several years now. So it's like really perfected them. They're really, really good. But we've also launched some other amazing products. So uh, most recently, we launched what we call vegan cashmere. So okay. it's essentially using our clean bamboo fibers to create something that looks and feels like wool. And it's mm. so soft, it's so beautiful. So we've actually launched it as a throw blanket for your bed, um, for our mm-hmm. own DTC brand. But we hope to envision one day, you know, we envisioning that one day you will be able to buy sweaters or right. hats or scarves made with Attitudes vegan cashmere from another brand.
0: So that's wow. something
1: that you know that's a second part of our business, which is where we partner with apparel brands to help them create sustainable and beautiful, luxurious apparel.
0: Yeah, yeah. For you, so what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing there's like, you know, a little bit of fashion as well as, you know, that that um, appearance that has to appeal to the consumer, like and from, a, from a looks aesthetic standpoint. Uh, tell me a little bit about your background, Kat. Did you like go to fashion school? Like how does somebody, um, you know, end up in the sustainability space when, yeah, I think common perception to get into the space is, it's either low margin or it's really just difficult because the competitors or what already exists is um so far ahead, it might seem like. Or, you know, you you have to change the mind of the consumer to to either spend more or, you know, believe in a brand that's brand new. Like how did you um how did you how did you get into attitude? I know you met Phoebe on, on Angel, Angel Co. or something, but
1: Yeah, Angelist. So I'm a serial entrepreneur. This is my second company. And before this, I founded, scaled, and sold another direct-to-consumer brand, uh, which you would say is also in a very competitive market in the food space. So mm. I actually launched a company that is a food subscription business. It sends you international gourmet food to your doorstep. And it grew out of my passion for uh-huh. eating international food i really wanted to create access for all americans to be able to find these amazing artisanal natural products from all over the world and be able to buy them um, so i founded that company out of business school i was a, a columbia business school and just launched this thing i actually had a bunch of ideas of things that i wanted to launch but this is the one that kind of took off um and um yeah and, and And then after I sold the company, I was looking for the next big thing in consumer that I could join. And I was looking at a a number of early stage companies and Attitude was the one that really checked off all my boxes. I love the product. It was just like the best product I've ever slept on. Um, I love the mission of it. The fact that it was a sustainable way of doing things, that it is patented. It's a new technology Uh that has uh, ability to disrupt a really large market and i um i loved the the margins in the business like actually it was okay um unlike food where the margins are really low um in the you know the apparel and bedding space the margins are higher than food so i was like okay (laughs) we can make something work here and so we ended up growing uh really quickly we we're ink 5000 twice in a row right. especially during covid uh we benefited a lot from being an e-commerce brand uh people were shopping online for especially home decor you know they were trying to make their work and home life uh much nicer because they were <laughs> kind of trapped at home so there was a lot of consumer investment going into redecorating um, so we benefited from that. But also, I think people became a lot more conscious about sustainability right around 2020.
0: Oh, right. And yeah. that was
1: really great for us. Um, we're also B Corp. And so it's it means that we don't just talk about environmental sustainability, but we also talk about human wellness. And that was a big part of 2020 and beyond where people started to really care about that
0: yeah yeah no that's that's fascinating you know being a serial entrepreneur and doing you know going from you know we already created something let's jump into something new and do another thing from scratch it seems like it seems like that's that's kind of in your calling what uh what would you say cat like made you makes what do you like about the entrepreneurship stuff because i feel like you know a lot of people that go to business school the common narrative is to join like a consulting firm or something like an investment bank or something but um for you it seems like you went the opposite way where not only does uh sustainability contrast i feel like there's like contrast between like wall street and like the people who i don't i wouldn't say they were protesting wall street right but they were um kind of like the opposite end of the spectrum where it's like they want not profits well not necessarily they don't want profits they just want good for the environment and capitalism is always at that end where it's you know the opponent of that I've read many books where um, that's just been, that's been one of the things
1: we want to prove with attitude is that you can create a company that is actually better for the environment, better for human health and delivers great financial returns because the consumer demands those things. If you are Mm -hmm. actually meeting consumer demand and you're solving problem with innovative ways whether it's with technology or new service or a new way that you're doing things more efficiently and you're able to solve that problem then of course you can have a financially profitable company and eventually you know have a great exit uh so it's just a matter of are you meeting consumer demand with a novel solution or not that's what entrepreneurship is all about and um Actually, many people start companies out of business school. Uh-huh. Um, whether it's you know directly in business school, because there are so many opportunities and so much support for entrepreneurship while you're in business school, there are other people you can bounce your ideas off of. Uh, there are incubators in yeah, yeah. business schools. Yeah. You know, so you can really benefit from all of those resources, and you have two years to really think about what are you going to do next. Uh-huh. um so there is a percentage of people that definitely do it um you know it's just a personal choice what do you want to do with life in your life that's is true it- yeah
0: yeah yeah what well, yeah. i gotta ask like outside of you know this is good for the environment what else appealed to you about the attitude um mission is it is it that you know you see a consumer and they're either uneducated or they you know that this is like saving you know, saving, I wouldn't say saving lives, but necessarily like just making the world a better place, like in that whole well, concept. Yeah. Of like. So, I, had... I mean,
1: actually for me personally, after, I would say even before business school, I worked at Weight Watchers, actually, I was doing strategy and business development there. And I was very inspired by the mission of helping people lead healthier lives. And there are 3,000 people that work at Weight Watchers uh, as contractors or in the corporate business, right? And all of these people really care about the mission. And that was amazing for me to see uh, that everybody felt so passionate about it. So I decided after that experience that I will only work for or I will only build companies that have a positive mission because of how much easier it is to get your whole team, whether it's 3,000 people or five people or one person, to feel motivated in the morning to do their job
0: right yeah i feel like you know entrepreneurship is really hard because you're starting at the you don't have all the resources so for you guys did you guys have you know when maybe it was earlier in your time there did you did you have to how, how do you think like you prove the concept before did you guys just have have funding and you raise funding first or how did that work?
1: Yeah. So we were bootstrapped for most of the beginning. Um and then we did raise funding uh starting in 2018 when we did an incubator in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um we started to raise a bit of funding from the incubator, then from angel investors, and we had institutional investors come in, then we did another round. So we've we've already raised about six and a half million dollars as a company in the entire history of the of the company. So But, you know, every you're still trying to be scrappy with with every amount of money that you have. And this really has a purpose for being there. Like you're supposed to invest in specific projects that you're going to be doing or, you know, you're learning along the way. If you're saying, okay, this is not working, let's try something else. You're constantly learning as a startup, Mm -hmm. constantly testing. Uh, But, yeah, in the beginning, there are definitely zero resources. So you're kind of just using everything you got, like all of your friends, like all of your network, like get everybody to talk about your, your product. If, if you're making it, especially in the direct to consumer brand, actually mm-hmm. it's quite easy. Like the barriers to entry to making a DTC brand nowadays are virtually zero. Mm-hmm. You can put up a Shopify site. It's not expensive. You can create a brand. Nowadays with chat GPT and you know, <laughs> AI, you can make it even faster. Like uh-huh. you can make a logo. You don't even have to pay a graphic designer. You know, all of that stuff you can do yourself um so the barriers to entry in entrepreneurship are getting lower and lower
0: I, I agree yeah yeah i'm actually writing a book about that whole thing um when it came to going to you know commercializing the product um i'm i'm sure you know you've seen from your time at either weight watchers or you know as an entrepreneur when you created that uh, international food shipping or food uh, taste something one of those right yeah. um how do you how do you kind of view getting this product into like thousands and thousands of people is it because you know you don't might not have that supply because you don't know how much people want right but at the same time you you don't know how to estimate necessarily or is there like a whole yeah that's always
1: a challenge with physical goods where you have to forecast how much you need because people are going to order a product and expect it to arrive pretty quickly <laughs> unless you're doing a Kickstarter or Indiegogo where you can take pre-orders. And right. that's a you know beautiful model. If you're just starting out, definitely recommend doing some sort of pre-order model where you're creating demand and you're estimating how much do people actually want me to create before you sink all of your cash into making something that nobody wants, right? So that's a really great way of testing it. You can also do some facebook ad testing like see if people actually want this like you could put up a landing Mm -hmm. page that for a product that doesn't actually exist and then see if people are clicking and buying and then you just refund them the money say sorry like this test or you can just tell them sorry it's out of stock like it's up to you to tell them what you want to tell them but you refund it but that's a good idea to to test demand before you actually invest money into producing something
0: wow yeah so is that kind of what you guys did and how did i mean is it a lot of marketing you would say or is it more like you um, know... well in
1: the beginning we didn't have much budget for marketing so it's really bootstrappy um and it was you know working with people like influencers right. who, had, who had instagram accounts or you know other platforms talk about attitude literally everybody you know like you, you just tap everyone and <laughs> you're just, like put it on linkedin put it on all your social media uh-huh. um you know, use uh, free ways like writing on Twitter and Quora, answering questions, writing content about your subject, the, you know, what they recommend, especially for brands uh, that are creating physical products is, but even for services, like you need Mm -hmm. a community, like build a community, talk about a topic that everybody cares about in this community. And then once you have this engaged community, you can offer them a service that helps to solve their needs
0: yeah yeah i've, I've got to get back into like I'm, I'm reading about like softer than silk as as lush as a thousand thread count sheets for your comfort sleep yeah well, wow yeah. yeah um do people so i got a sleep number bed but like how much would you say like the, the the um the material that you sleep on affects your sleep just in your opinion or in your research you guys have just wondering yeah
1: quite a bit so obviously you want a good mattress like if you have a bad mattress that is not good Um, it's either too soft or too firm and you're uncomfortable that's one part of your sleep experience right but your bed sheets are actually very important as well because they maintain your temperature Mm -hmm. so if you're in bed sheets that are either too hot or too cold or they're too scratchy or Mm -hmm. you're sweating in them it's going to ruin your sleep so what's great about Attitude. And we've known this for many years, anecdotally, because people will tell us like, wow, I don't want to get out of bed, like I'm sleeping so much better, like, (laughs) this is so comfortable, like, I want to work from home in my bed, like, I don't want to leave my bed with attitude sheets. We actually ended up working with a sleep lab, and having people wear wearable devices that track their sleep to compare what their sleep was like with attitude versus on their whatever sheets they had before. Uh, versus some other regular cotton sheets right and we actually proved that they had clinically significant better sleep with attitude versus their current sheets or cotton sheets uh-huh. which is amazing like if we can help improve human sleep just by a little bit right. that is such a huge improvement to human wellness because it's the foundational aspect of health and so we proved that it was improving sleep quality by 1.5%, uh, sleep efficiency by 1.5%, which is clinically significant. It helped them fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer, wake up less at night, um, which translates to 43 hours of extra, sh- extra sleep per year. Mm-hmm. So that is really amazing. If you can get that extra sleep, uh, <laughs> that you know, helps your, your brain, your brain right. recover and your body to recover. So that's really great. If you're an athlete, or if you want just like better performance in general during the day, you definitely want to invest in your sleep.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's a blanket, there's a sheet, there's a pillowcase. I guess uh, what what else you got? Was it? And you guys also sell? Um, I'm guessing like sofa covers and maybe stuff like that. Too, no, or- we
1: don't have a, we, no, we don't have sofa covers yet. So right now we really focused on bedding, so bed sheets. Uh um and you know everything that protects your mattress we have mattress protectors which are also like super breathable and very sustainable made with our clean bamboo you don't want to be sleeping on like plastic right (laughs) so that's what most um you know mattress protectors made with um that's pretty bad um and we also have bath towels uh and bath robes they're really cozy uh, we have some baby products like crib sheets, grip protectors, baby towels, and some accessories like eye masks. You know, to sleep with. Uh-huh. They're really, really nice and soft. Very luxurious.
0: Now, now, are most um most uh what do you call them blankets? Are they made out made out of cotton or what's the other one? Um,
1: uh, yes, most sheets are made with cotton. Um, right. I would say that's the you know the dominant material in the or, sheet space. For uh, nylon. But also. Right. Yeah, so there are some synthetic materials out there. You don't want to be sleeping on synthetic materials because they're made with fossil fuels. They're Mm -hmm. super not breathable. You Mm -hmm. don't want that on your skin for eight hours a day. Um, Yeah. So so definitely avoid anything with polyester in it because it's just going to be staticky and feeling really hot. Um, You also want to avoid viscose uh which is bamboo made with the old you know harmful chemicals the old way Mm -hmm. um so even though they're soft you know that's using harmful chemicals and you don't want that on your skin and most cotton unfortunately is also not organic so avoid that too uh so if you want healthy sheets clean bamboo is the best um second best i would say would be organic cotton or organic linen uh, because those would be free of harmful chemicals, and linen is pretty breathable. Um, cotton less breathable.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to ask you was, um, what would you say is the difference between growing from a consumer retail company versus like a? Seems like you guys are some what in the startup, like you know, you proprietary technology and pushing social good, and also having something that differentiates you from the other existing uh options in the marketplace what, what would you say cat would be the difference between you know that consumer retail versus um i guess what you guys have like b2b uh yeah you know i think he was trying to say like um you know like I, it doesn't stand out, like if somebody were to make the like it seems like it's fashion right but the, you know when you think fashion you don't think raising money for In the venture capital space or in the angel space um so i was wondering like for you uh what what would you say is like that difference between what would you can be able to compare and contrast just like a a regular fashion brand versus you know attitude or regular how do i say this like a regular a regular um sheets like the other people in the sheets and the betting space versus what, what attitude is because there's a technology part, which is like the, the bamboo is um, that, that material you guys break down the bamboo with, as well as I think a little bit other things. I don't know, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, the main difference is really in the technology. So all other betting brands, they just buy products uh, made in the same factory. <laughs> so they just put their oh. label on it and they just say, okay, this is now our brand. Uh, most of the time, that's what's happening. In some uh-huh. cases they're like, Somewhat involved, uh, but, you know, most of the time they're just buying available textiles, you know, whatever a mill is producing, they're buying it um, and then cutting and sewing it into finished products, putting their label on it, marketing. And so they're essentially just marketing companies versus Etitude is a material innovation company. We're actually innovating oh, new gotcha. materials and then we're applying this technology and new materials and making finished products out of it.
0: Uh-huh. That's so that's the main cool.
1: difference between attitude and other betting brands.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. I think that um, you know, oftentimes people go for that that name brand or like that that like whatever's fanciest, like maybe I don't know if they have Gucci linens or whatever, right? But like I think I think um were you guys when you guys were creating the brand, like how did that evolve? Was that always you guys' um I guess like Mo to to just build a product that um, was made out of bamboo and just eventually. Well, would we started
1: out with this technology because that's what Phoebe really was excited about in the beginning. Um, but now we're actually expanding beyond bamboo. Uh huh. We are looking at all kinds of regenerative materials. Uh, we just love bamboo because I, like you mentioned, it's a really a super plant. Um, it is the fastest growing plant. It absorbs a lot of carbon from the atmosphere, but there are other really cool materials out there that we're also interested in. For example, hemp. Hmm. Hemp is a really sustainable product as well. Um, and there's actually a lot of hemp waste. And we're looking at using waste uh, from various hemp in- like industries that use hemp to create fabrics out of that. Um, and also we're interested in seaweed. Seaweed is a really oh, cool wow. material. It doesn't require <laughs> any land to grow because it grows in the ocean. Um, and there are also some types of seaweed that are harmful to the ecosystem. So th- those are the types that we would be using. We wouldn't be necessarily like harvesting new seed for uh, new seaweed for our uh, materials. We would be taking what's not good for the environment or what's excess in the environment or excess in industries that you see we use waste uh, in our future materials
0: yeah i do know that there's this i don't I, i know i know that there's this environmental problem right from the textiles or as well as I don't want to call it overconsumption and I'm, I'm not like the most. That aware is a of big this, right?
1: problem. Just the overconsumption is certainly a huge problem in the fashion and home goods space, right. specifically fashion, like fast fashion, you know, that's a problem. People are buying mm-hmm. too much and we're producing too much uh, for the world to sustain. And so one thing you could do is ask people to buy less or, yeah, you know, there's a movement to, uh, Support slow fashion, meaning you know higher quality goods, less trendy goods that will you know last a long time uh, because they're more classic designs that will withstand the test of time. So you can wear them for a long time, or using vintage clothing or you know exchanging clothing with there are all kinds of like circular solutions as well, where you can return pieces of clothing and you know they get sold. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know refurbished fixed Um, so there are all kinds of solutions going on to reduce the amount that's being produced that is kind of one area to fix Mm -hmm. but a second area to fix is the stuff that we are producing how do we make sure that it requires less resources to produce it so even though we still need to make the same volume Mm -hmm. how do we make sure that it's less drain on the environmental resources less energy less raw material less co2 emitted less water less chemicals like all of those things combined that can create a big impact
0: um you know Kat, this has been a really you know informational as well as you know i think just amazing to to learn about what you guys are doing I, i gotta ask you like in your time at attitude and uh what what would you say was like that highlight i wouldn't necessarily say the highlight but like what, what is like a time or like a day or a moment where you you were like um oh this feels great like what because <laughs> entrepreneurship's so hard right you just get that sense of uh this might not work right too but like it's also coupled with the fact that like this is success, successful um, a successful business when did you guys feel like this was headed the right way or you know what i mean
1: yeah. So I would say entrepreneurship is always ups and downs. Like you have a grand vision and it just takes a really long time to get there. Most of the time, uh, you, you know, we, we have certain companies we look up to and it took them 30, 40 years to get to where they are. Like Patagonia, for example, is an amazing brand and it took them a really long time, like 30 plus years. Same thing with Lensing, which is a, a company that makes uh, tr- uh, materials out of trees, eucalyptus trees. Uh, and, and they're a big supplier to apparel brands of, tree-based mm-hmm. materials that are fairly sustainable and we are you know we look up to those types of companies and we know like we've only been around for nine years it's only a short time you know <laughs> we've only, if we want to be where they are that will take us like 21 years to go right uh we still have a long way to go and we always have that vision in mind the long-term vision uh and then what's going on on a day-to-day basis or i you know even a month-to-month basis is like it doesn't matter uh-huh. As long as you're going there in this direction,
0: and what what would you say is that uh, vision that you guys have um, right now has has it changed at all, or you know?
1: Well, the vision definitely got bigger. Um, so our vision is to disrupt the textile industry and replace as much cotton, viscose, and silk, and you know wool and other less sustainable materials with better alternatives to have a positive impact on the planet and also for human health, right? That is our bigger vision, uh, but it wasn't always this way. At first, we we knew our technology was better um, than other materials out there, but we didn't know quite how good it was until last year when Mm -hmm. we actually worked with a science agency to calculate and quantify how much CO2, how much water, how much fossil fuels we were saving and how much toxic chemicals we were avoiding with our process versus conventional ways of doing things and once we got this data we're like oh my god we have to do so much more oh. we can't just hog this technology <laughs> for attitude we can't just you know work on building this amazing brand we also have to share this technology with other apparel companies so that we can replace those worse materials
0: wow yeah no that's really fascinating i think uh yeah it's, it's so cool i i i don't think like you know, the daily person encounters something that's uh, good for the environment as well as themselves. And and if they do,
1: it's, you know, some, it's, it's actually funny. Uh, Most, most environmentally friendly products are actually better for you, for your health as well, because it typically means they avoid toxic chemicals. And so that's something that's good for you as well.
0: What, um, what, what, just, I guess kind of a little bit off topic, but like what, uh, what other, who, who are like some other environmentally friendly, you would call it, um not just startups, but like brand not not just brand like product, like what yeah, are those? There are, are those? a couple
1: of really great ones. So um uh, we like uh thousand fell, which is a sneaker brand. Uh-huh. And um they they actually have a B2B part of our of their business as well called Super Circle, where they help brands uh with recycling. So it's a sustainable brand and they have this B2B aspect because they built this thing, this supply chain for themselves. And now they're like, well, we don't want to hog this technology. We want to help other brands be able to recycle products as well. So that's a really cool brand. Uh, Pengaya is a a sustainable brand um, and they also have new material technology, which is really great. They also partner with other companies to use those materials. So there are actually a number of companies like that.
0: Oh well, yeah, I've got to write those down. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, a couple more questions here Cat. I think like, you know, this has been a really interesting conversation. I think like the variety of uh consumer product goods in the marketplace is it's it's easy to lose track of and like what you guys have is just uh really incredible. Um but uh for you Cat, like you know, 5 years ago when you just joined in 2018, did you did you uh what would you say, like, were some of the struggles that you guys overcame? Because I, I know like, every success story always involves a little bit of uh, overcoming either the person overcame a internal challenges or just conquers a lot of, uh, you know, things in the way. What would you say is like some of that um, you guys had overcame or, you know? Yeah, I, mean? I think,
1: I mean, the first time, you know, for the first period of the company, the R&D process, well, let's say, was probably the, the challenging part, you know. It took a really long time and, you know, there's a lot of test and learn, getting feedback from customers like, oh, this is, you know, ripping, it's not durable enough. Like, how do we make it till less or, or, you know, be more durable? How do we improve our construction? Those types of things, uh, those challenges were really on the product side, I would say, in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, challenges later were like, how do we attract financing or how do we grow really quickly or how do we uh, grow profitably? all of those become challenges and also how do we continue to in, invest in research and development and uh how do we partner with other bigger brands those are the the types of challenges that we have today
0: wow yeah no that's that's really cool okay one, one couple more things here I want to ask you was like um yeah I mean for for you guys you know getting getting funding was pretty uh, important, right? But like, do you guys see that now? As a, you know, when when you're bootstrapped, do you, do you kind of have that mentality too that you you guys can sustain yourself off of the, the sales or the um, yeah, just off of the revenue?
1: I think nowadays, uh, it's if you're a direct to consumer brand, it's really challenging to attract capital in this economy, in the in this fundraising environment. So the recommendation typically is like try to bootstrap as long as you can. Try to reach profitability, try to self-sustain, you know, find ways uh, to grow on your own, because one, it's really hard to attract financing right now, and it's going to waste your time as a founder. Um, So just focus on running your company as profitably as possible and, and grow organically. Uh, another issue that a lot of brands will be challenged with right now is paid acquisitions becoming more expensive. So Facebook, Google, those typical channels are getting more expensive. Even influencer marketing is really expensive. Uh-huh. So you need to be a bit more creative in how you are marketing. Um, so, can you create a community? Can you answer questions? Can you create content for them um, that you know answers that? Uh, so, I would say right now, focus on being profitable and bootstrap as long as you can.
0: Yeah, no, I I love that advice. I think a lot of people can can take that a long way. Um, one thing, Kat, you know, I know that every entrepreneur who um either they started the business or they joined really early, um, they they have their life with their business, right? But like then their personal life is also kind of intertwined in a weird way. Um, would you say like how how did you balance or how, not necessarily balance, but like how did you how did you deal with that um part where you know, if it's finances that comes from the business and you guys have a lower month of revenue for some whatever reason, um, and that kind of affects like your your person, it, it may or may not affect somebody's personal financial situation. Like what kind of advice would you give there? Because I think that's, yeah, like I think if rent. you're
1: in that situation, maybe you have a second stream of income.
0: Uh-huh, like, uh-huh.
1: um, because that's probably like pretty early stage where if you're, if your revenue from your business is affecting your personal finances, that right. means like you're a pretty small business. Um, so I would say let's like find another gig on the yeah. side right. that <laughs> can, uh, that can like supl- supply some of that income and some financial security while you're building up your business. So I actually, my first business, I didn't actually leave my job until i had a certain level of revenue where i could feel that okay now this business can support my own and my co-founder's salary so i would recommend that it's really crazy nice, nice yeah you're working a full-time <laughs> job i mean in my case it was really crazy i was working a full-time job doing my mba on saturdays and and you know the weekend yeah, wow. evenings and i was running a startup so
0: did you keep I could it do secret? That in, you didn't I keep could it secret, that, did you?
1: I did keep it secret for a oh, while. Uh-huh. I, could, I mean, I could do it while I was in my 20s. It would be really hard to do it now <laughs> when I'm in my <laughs> late 30s with two kids until like that, I would not be able to do that. But if you're in a position to have a job, whether it's a part-time job or a full-time job, and then start your business on the side, there's plenty of time. There's weekends, there's evenings that right, you can actually right. get a lot done. Um, and, you know, you can get global support on a lot of things. Like You can get a virtual assistant to help you mm-hmm. do things. You can use ChatGPT and AI to <laughs> achieve a lot of things faster nowadays. So I would say don't leave your job if you don't have a steady stream of income from your business yet.
0: I, I guess one more question I, I, I before we get into our regular standard questions is, uh, can, you know, you compare and contrast, you know, working for being an employee versus you know you're kind of the entrepreneur and you're kind of the head of the head of the company right um for you how do you how do you compare and contrast those two things just because it seems like at one end you're the boss but then you have all this freedom where you can you know be a little bit lenient on yourself or give yourself a you know it's all up to you versus you know if you're an employee there's that fear of i could get fired right and i guess <laughs> like there's always that fear like this could just suck or fail but
1: yeah, so I would say for an entrepreneur, they're literally working the entire time they're awake.
0: <laughs> right.
1: So you're not going to be lenient. If it's really your true passion, right. purpose, you're trying to achieve something, you're going to take zero breaks. And that's what happens to first-time entrepreneurs. They burn out very quickly because they actually work too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, w- I wouldn't worry about that. Gotcha. I, you know at some point you would realize okay if you want entrepreneurship to be a sustainable path for you then you need to build in certain boundaries like you need to take breaks you need to like recharge so that you can continue going
0: right yeah well i i'm really impressed with what you guys have uh created i'm, I'm sure that this will go a long way i definitely love to support and help find people to to purchase uh or just you know follow the brand um can't like the normal the last couple questions we have here for you are um uh, if you could give advice to a cat day, um, and as a 20 year old self, what advice would you tell her?
1: You're doing what you're doing. You're awesome. <laughs> I would say that. Uh, I think, I don't know. I think I've learned a lot of my like early entrepreneurial career, you know, my corporate career. I think I did everything right. I mean,
0: you're I, right yeah <laughs> even
1: the mistakes i made were for you know something that i learned from so it all kind of culminates in the future thing that you're going to be working on so the,
0: the next question i have is um if you could have a dinner with uh some other business person um whether you already know them or not who do you think that would be with
1: uh Sarah Blakely she's the found, yeah, Sp- yeah, found, found, founder of Spanx so I you know I think she's a great business person and um, would love to pick her brain on it.
0: <laughs> good. Good. Um the well, last question I have for you cat is uh if you were to articulate your own startup mindset what would you how would you describe that? Um have the
1: long-term vision in mind but don't
0: lose sight of the daily grind I love it I love it yeah that's really important not to lose sight of the daily grind because um you know you can get distracted easily and I guess like things can fall apart but like that daily grind is kind of is the most important thing there um well Kat you know this has been so fun I, I think like you guys have really changed the world like good way I, I don't know what else to say is there anything else that you uh want to cover or we can kind of also I talk this about is
1: great yeah <laughs> um so i mean attitude you can find it on attitude.com which is e-t-t-i-t-u-d-e dot we're also on instagram as attitude store we're on tiktok as attitude and twitter as attitude as well check us out we have some really fun content and uh hope you one day decide to try our betting because it is literally the best betting in the world
0: that's a, that does it for that so thank you so much kat this has been fantastic
1: thank you so much good to be here